Yes, here we are. We're on 105.1 Life FM and it is Q&A with Samuel Chizichetti and Alita Robinson. Good to see you, Samuel. Oh, it is good to see you. I'm delighted. Uh, we missed you last weekend, but... Uh, ah, y- yes, well, I had yes. a great weekend last weekend. But I have to say, um, today you are looking particularly <laughs> smart in your outfit. Um, those that can't see him, he's got a beautiful pale yellow shirt with a, a tie that's got blues and golds and yellows in it and a blue suit and he looks amazing. Yes. So <laughs> You're very kind. Thank you very much. <laughs> I did say I wondered uh, if you specifically don't. You said you just haphazardly picked it out of the wardrobe. I don't believe it. You don't believe me no. at all. No, I, I was, I don't know. I didn't think oh, it's Father's Day so intentionally let's do this. Yeah, well you look it looks amazing and I love the hat as well of course yes. which always tops it off well Samuel we are looking at the Ten Commandments yes and um, we haven't got very far in we've gone to number one no we've gone far in it just requires that we take a step at a time mm. without rushing or running so that everything that could be teased in the commandment be teased there you go so yeah. we've been teasing a lot of we are. a lot of stuff out of the commandments so yeah, yeah. we're up to commandment number we're up to commandment number two but in our thinking, it's actually what? Yeah, yeah. So I, it's a good thing that you're pointing that out. So let me sort of tease that out for you. Uh, when you read the commandments, uh, the Jewish reading, I've said this before, and the Christian reading are uh, two different. And in fact, the Protestant and the Catholics read this commandment differently. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a bit of uh, how it is read. So you see the Jews, the first commandment, these are called the ten words. In Hebrew, yeah, the, the term there is ten word literally. Now the, it does mean words like just, you know, a single word. Yeah, single yeah. Word, yeah. No, no, the, the term word there in Hebrew means statement. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like the word of the Lord doesn't mean just one single word. It means a statement or something God has spoken. So you got these ten statements, and the Hebrews read this way. I'm going to go Hebrews, the Catholic reading, and the Protestant reading. So, commandment number one in Hebrew, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of sl- uh, slavery, out of the land, out of the house of slaves. Okay? That's, that's to read in Hebrew properly. Out of the house of slaves. That's commandment number one. Command number two, you shall, this, uh, you shall have no other God before me. And with the, all the corollary, you shall never make an image and so on and so forth, worship it. That's all in one statement. Command number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's three in Hebrews. Mm. Four, you shall remember the Sabbath. Five, honor your father and mother. Uh, six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. Uh, eight, you shall not steal. Uh, nine, you shall not bear false witness. And ten, you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. That's the Jewish reading. Here is the Catholic reading. I, the Lord, I am, I am your God. You shall not have another God beside me. That's commandment number one in the Catholic reading. Commandment number two, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. See, very different day. Commandment number three, remember and keep the Lord's day. Catholic reading. Number four, honor your father and mother. Commandment number five, you shall not kill. Commandment number six, you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number seven, you shall not steal. Commandment number eight, you shall not bear for witness. Commandment number nine, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And commandment number ten, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. Uh. See, the Catholic divides commandment number ten 
uh, Jewish commandment number 10 into 2. Yes. All right? Uh, so uh, so that's, that's, that's how... But look at the Protestant. Uh, commandment number 1, you shall, have, you shall have no other gods but me. Commandment number 2, you shall not make any graven image. So they cut commandment number 2 in Hebrews into 2. Mm. That's the Protestant reading. And then you go... You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain is command number three. You shall, re- shall remember the Sabbath is commandment number four. Honor your father and mother, commandment number five. You shall not murder, that's commandment number six. And uh, commandment number seven is you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number eight, you shall not steal. Commandment number nine, you shall not bear for witness. And commandment number ten, you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Mm. So you see the two readings, the Protestants cuts the second commandment of the Hebrew text into two, and the Catholics cut the commandment number 10 into two. To sort of make up for lack of considering commandment number one in Hebrews as a commandment, which is, I am the Lord your God. So when you read this, you're like, right, I see how this goes. Because the first commandment does not read as a thou shall not. Right. It simply says, I am the Lord your God. It makes a declaration, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Mm. But, you see, as I was saying last Sunday, it is the mother of all commandment. Yes. This is where the problem is. I think, uh, I'm going to humbly say this, that the Catholic and the Protestant reading has done a disservice to the Ten Commandment. Mm. Why? Because commandment number one in the Hebrew reading is the mother of all commandment, without which all the other commandments will have no ground to stand on. Yeah. There would be no reason to follow the others. That's exactly right. If the first wasn't there. Yes. Mm. So commandment number one, I made five points uh, on the commandment number one for those who were with us last uh, uh, Sunday. And I like to sort of recap so people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. So what did I say? Commandment number one uh, starts with, I am the Lord your God. And this is not an imperative. It's not written as, you shall not. You see, it is not an imperative. It is a statement. But you see, it is predicated on the fact that you shall accept the revelation that God is your God. Mm. So, I am your God. This, therefore, this commandment starts with the foundation that this statement is true. You see, if the statement, I am the Lord your God, is not true or can be considered either true or not, if there is any doubt about this statement, all the rest of the commandment fall flat. You see, I am the Lord your God. So this statement here is a calling unto the belief that truth is the ground for any other commandment. You cannot build commandments on fiction on feelings, on sentiment, on cultural mores, on things that shift and change. No, truth is solid, and that is, I am the Lord. Mm. You see, very often you read in the Old Testament, for example, I'll give you an example. Some of the things that the Christians have started to, this might sting a bit, but okay, well, God's word shall be said. You see, when you read commandments, for example, you shall not, you know, inscript or tattoo your body. Uh, which most many Christians don't even listen to these days. If you raise it, you may be pre- pretty much, you know, <laughs> kicked out of a church. Um, it says, you shall not do this. I am the Lord, your God. You see, it's like, I am telling you this because I am the Lord. You may not get it. You may not understand why right now. 
And there's going to be a time at which you'll understand, but I am the Lord. See, as the Lord, I am the owner. I am the beginner of everything. I am your father. I know what is right for you. I am the Lord. Yes. And that's one of the things we have basically dismissed these days. Because I mean, when God says something to you, he has to justify who you are. You know, and the justification must basically ring true to you otherwise, you know. You know, and so I am the Lord. This is a call to, and this is a very, very important. Unless somebody personally accepts Adonai as his God or her God or our God, the rest of the Ten Commandments will not be obeyed. Yeah. So we can choose and pick. That's how many people, including Christians, choose and pick. Point number two I made last uh, Sunday. Let's look at it. It was that this first, first commandment, which read, Anohi Adonai Elohecha. It means, I am the Lord your God. I'm repeating myself here. But the emphasis in or is on your. You see? Is on your God. Elohecha. The Elohecha is, Elohecha is, not in plural. See, in English, we don't get it. When I say, this is your shirt or this is your car, Alida, it could be your car or your family car. So there is no really typical singular. Your can go plural or singular. So when you're reading it, you'll be confused. But in Hebrew, it's not like that. The word your here is not a plural. Mm. It is singular. I am the Lord, your God. This is an appeal to the individual alignment with God. It is not the God of this entire tribe. It is not the God of the entire nation. It's your God. Unless somebody is committed to your God as a personal God so that anyone else around you who starts to not obey the commandment, you are under no obligation to follow the masses. Because you shall remember, the Lord my God said this. So I don't care if an entire culture is going to rot. They're calling what is evil good. You still, If you're going to be the only person standing on the commandment of God, so shall you be. Mm. And so this is why it doesn't read, I am the Lord, the God of this entire nation. No, I am the Lord, your God. Okay. And so that's to sort of remove out of the New Testament Christian who think that, you know, the personal God is just simply, you know. <laughs> no. Okay. Number three, quickly. You see, uh, the, the term that is used, uh, anohi, it's not ani, which would be, it establishes the fact that when you're saying I, when the Lord says I, anohi, it means I am not like anybody else when they say I. Mm. So I say, I am Samuel. It's different when the Lord says, I am the Lord. Because the term in Hebrew is different, anohi, which means there is something very different about the Lord. It's unique. Is it's got no rival? We talk about it next. Number four, number four goes that I am the Lord your God. This invite the Lord invites you in His eternal life. If I am the Lord, I am the eternal God. Then, if you belong to me, you share in me who and what I am. So this is the first invitation into eternal life. Number five, number five is uh, you know who delivered you out of the land of slavery. In other words. I deliver you from the house of slaves. Mm. Most people had land of slavery as though the Egyptians just made you slaves. It is true. But they themselves were slaves. They are descendants of Ham, descendants of Ham. And they themselves were slaves to not knowing the truth, slaves to all sorts of passions and desires and so on and so on. So slaves made slaves. So yeah. I'm taking you out of the hand of, don't go back to people who are themselves slaves to make you slave of them. 
We see that happening in our culture today. I opened that out last Sunday. So those were the five major points that I made last Sunday. Right. Well, that sets us up then for the next um, commandment, which we will come to after we've had a little listen to King and Country and God Only Knows. And this one's got Dolly Parton in it as well. While the world is sound asleep and Too afraid of what might show up while you're dreaming Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you Nobody, nobody will believe you And every day you try to pick up all the pieces All the memories that somehow never leave you Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you Nobody, nobody will believe you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you But there's a kind of love that God only knows popular song for for king and country actually on their album i think they've done three versions of it so um 
God only knows. And God has given us Ten Commandments. Yes, Samuel, <laughs> and we've uh, we've unpicked number one. Yes, and we're heading to number two. Yes, so we headed into commandment number two, and remember, commandment number two uh, is the longest commandment in the Hebrew Bible. So, if you're in Exodus chapter twenty, and you're reading commandment number two with me, um, which start with verse three. You know, uh, the version I have here, which is not my regular version that I, I read from, but I'll read it and then I'll sort of give you the sense of what the Hebrew reading calls. You must not worship any other God except me. You must not make any idol. Don't make any statues or picture of anything up in the sky or anything on earth or anything down in the water. Don't worship or serve idols of any kind because I, the Lord, I am your God. I hate my people worshiping other gods. I mean, I don't like this version that I've got here in the, in the studio. So let's see if we can get, uh, you know, a, a, a different. I was thinking, God, oh, I've got a, 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 a version there that I that we can read. Don't 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 mind too much. So we will read. Um, that, that one is very interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting. Um, but I, I, I often use. ESV, or uh, let's just find that uh, very quickly. Uh, so ESV or NIV will do. Uh, let's pick up NIV very quickly. We won't, won't take long. There we go. Okay. Uh, you shall have no other God before me. That's, mm. it, that's a lot more familiar, yes, right? Yes, that's exactly right. shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or on earth beneath um or under water below, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my command. So that is the four commandments you've got from verse 3 and 4. And five and six. So from verse three to verse six, that's basically one statement in Hebrew. Right. Now, this is an interesting commandment because it has, uh, you know, I'll take them into sections uh, so that you can see which section uh, is which. Uh, the first section is uh, you shall not you shall not have another God before me. That's the first section of that commandment. Now, when you read that commandment, very often we don't read it very carefully because we think you shall have no other God before me. What is exactly that mean? You know, uh, this statement read in our translation as it is makes an assumption that there will be other gods to have before yes, or yeah, beside does. him. Yep. Well, but that doesn't make sense. See, these statements were not unconnected. See, the first one says, I am the Lord your God. Remember that's what I said? And it uses the terminology, Anochi, which is not Ani. Ani, I, no Anochi. It's different in Hebrew, which therefore means the unique I. You know, I am unique. You know, mm. When often we say, you know, the Lord, uh, you know, he's holy, uh, it means is it's it's part of this a, a big uh, Christian doctrine, which is called the doctrine of divine aseity, uh, which means the uniqueness of God. 
there is no other God. He's unique in his category. Mm. See, I, I was thinking I was, uh, when we were with Peter on, on um, last Sunday, I, I made the point that many people here, when we say God is holy, uh, we think that, well, God is holy because human are sinful. You know, uh, to be holy is not to be sinful kind of thing. But it's actually not that way because even before sin ever happened, before the devil rebelled himself, and he rebelled in heaven, before Adam and Eve committed sin, God was holy. In fact, the Bible tells us that, you know, the, the elders and the four creatures before the throne of God, and all the angels of God cast the throne day and night from eternity past saying, holy, holy are you, Lord. Mm. Now, there was no sin before that, you know. And so it is to say that holiness doesn't mean in 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 sort of uh, uh, contrast to sin. No. To be holy is to be set apart. So when they say, uh, as his prose written, one of his, you know, it's his signature book, The Holiness of God. And he explains that concept really well. It's the, the mysterium tremendum. The, the other, uh, you know, the, the, the different is not like anyone else. So God is unique and there is no other God because he's unique in his category. No one else compares to him. No one is like him. How about you read Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1. I am the Lord and there's none like me. Yeah. There's no God beside me. There's no God after me. There'll be never a God like me. So for the statement to say you shall have no other God before me, it's as though it assumes there are other gods to have. Because the translation is not correct. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew translation reads properly, there shall not be to you the God of others. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> yes, you've said that before. Yes. Mm. There shall not be to you the God of others. Yeah. You know why that makes sense? Because it took them out of a land that had a pantheon of false gods. Yes, exactly. Pharaoh was God. There was all sorts of, there was a pantheon of gods in Egypt, a pantheon of gods in the Canaanite environment, the ancient Near Eastern, you know, uh, area where they lived. All They had all sorts of gods. And I was like, as I was looking into, uh, into the pantheon of, you know, the, the gods of the ancient world, uh, you know, you, you find all sorts of gods from Moloch to Baal, you know, to Astartes, you know, there were all sorts of, you know, divine, but were they divine? Well, no. Were these things called? No, of <laughs> course not. So, you know, you, you have, uh, here's, here's a few names. You know, you, you, those who read the Bible will find his name. Asherah, Anad, Astarte, Baal Hadad, Dagon, you know, the God of the Philistines who got, who got his, his, uh, his neck broken when they brought the Ark of the Covenant and put it in the temple of the Philistines, yeah. you know, and so the, the God of the Philistines found, the, it, it was found, you know, uh, face down. The statue. The statue yeah, yes. face down before the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. And then they come and, you know, they, they picked him up. <laughs> this God that they have to pick up. Glued his head back on. <laughs> <laughs> they picked him up and put him up. And the next day when they came, oh, his neck was broken. He was in terror. And it was like, oh, no, the God of Israel is the God. Yeah. Mm. Because the people in the ancient world had all these made-up gods. Mm -hmm. All right, the god of thunder, Zeus. You know, the god of, 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 let's say, you know, the god of fertility. You know, the god of, 
you know, of prosperity. That's mammon, you know. But these, mammon. They, they've sort of made them up, but they're, they're demonic, though, they're, because there's something that goes on yes, around this. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, you've got these gods that have got goats' heads and horns and things, and they're yes, a human body. And, that's exactly and right. And they've got all, all sorts of Buffer weird, med, yes. yeah, weird shapes and, yes. uh, and weird things that they do with them. That's exactly um, right. But, you know, th- there's got to have been something that was around that. Yep. For them to start worshiping it, that's because, exactly. Right. Um, so you can only really assume that it's a demonic. Yeah, exactly. Thing and that's going you, on. you put your finger on something really good right there. Uh, if you read Apostle Paul writing uh, in First Corinthians chapter ten, it tells you that yes, all these gods are demons. Mm. All right. How do you know? Look at the morality of those gods. Just go back into the mm. Roman and the Greek and Egyptian pantheon of gods and see how these gods came about. It was also by all sorts of immoral acts. Yes. And the things that they therefore propagate. I'll give you an example um, uh, of some of, of, of these gods. Let's see, for example... Um, let me let me get 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 some of them because I don't. I want to give you some specific ones. In in uh, in uh, you know, anti rights uh, has has gotten a, a book that is written surprised uh, by scriptures and and in in one of the uh, the chapters you talk about ancient gods and new names. All and right? new names. Yeah, new names. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. It, it, it says ancient god but new names, and in there. Uh, it mentions that, for example, there are three, I'll put four, probably five main categories of gods of the ancient world. You have the god of war. Mars, for example, was the god of war. And I'll give you his corresponding gods in the Greek and in, at the, with the Romans and with the Canaanites. And you'll get the god of mammon, money. You know, Jesus said you can't serve God and, and mammon. mammon. Yeah. Yes. And another one is Aphrodite. Aphrodite was the goddess of erotic love. Mm. So, you know, we, when you look at the behavior of those gods, Aphrodite was the god of all erotic interactions from, you know, your heterosexual to some sex to, you know, pederasty to, you know, orgies and all sort of like... You would call it today, you know, sexual liberation, right? Yeah. Right. So that was when they were celebrating the goddess of love, Aphrodite, whether it is with the Greeks, even the Romans, it was unbound, unrestricted, the sexual immorality. Mm. All right? Yeah. And so you can see the level of immorality attached to that particular practice or what that god represents. Is then which leads you to go, of course, that's a demon. This is why none of these gods could basically compare themselves to God. There was no level of morality these gods could have had that could be basically compared to the morality that God is presenting in the Ten Commandments. Mm. And this is why he starts by saying, and the Lord spoke these words. That was the interlude. And they said, I am the Lord, Anochi. There's no like. One of the things that he did when he got him out of the land of slavery, he wanted them to be a holy people unto himself. Set apart. Separate yeah. from all the others. Yeah. Remember the promise he told Abraham. I'm taking your descendant out of here until the sin of the Canaanite. They were worshippers of Moloch. Yeah. 
Moloch was also the, the god of unbound and restricted self and sexual pleasures. And the sacrifice they used to give to Moloch was children. Yes. See? We're exactly, I, I, I'll talk about that in a moment. We're exactly in that same place right mm. now. Mm. Uh, you're where, you know, children may, must be sacrificed on the altar of self-pleasure and of sexual erotic love and so on and so forth. And we'll talk about that. Anti-right anti makes a good point on it. So, He's saying to them, you will not, as my people, as those who have accepted Elohecha, you will not borrow or accept or take the God of others to be your God. You see, it's a, an interesting point. Why? Because all these people who took this God who are not God to be God were just simply idiots. It's idiotic. Mm. It is, apart from being blasphemous, it is idiotic to take a created being, especially when it's sometimes a representation of your own handy work. Yeah, exactly. Then to call it God, because the concept of God itself is the self-existent and the one who exists by the necessity of his nature. But people must have a need for the, for for people over the ages who have been doing this all the time, to creating something to worship outside of God. Um, there must be an inherent need within humanity that they need to worship something. Yes, absolutely. Mm. It's like you cannot, as human beings, we cannot live without rendering worship or reverence to something, to God. So since we want to render... Uh, render um you know worship to something therefore we find something to render worship to yes exactly all right well you're going to <laughs> dig a little deeper into that one here's amy grant with thy word thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto
You're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are digging deep into the Ten Commandments. And uh, we were saying before um, that, you know, God has said that there will be for you no other God, mm. um, but that we, that humanity, that humans seem to have a need to be worshipping something. Yes. And, and so if they haven't had a realisation or a revelation of God and who God is, they will find something in nature or they will find something yes. that they will put some worship to. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if you're going to go into a modern context as well because obviously we're far too civilised to have demonic yeah, gods and things exactly. like that. But, but there are some other, as you say, new words for things that have become the gods in our lives yes. that uh, take us away from who God really is or who God should be in our lives and yes. where he should be yeah, yeah. in so, the order of things. Very interesting. You know, when, when, you, when we were finishing there, you said, well, you know, they, they, they're worshipping demons, right? Mm. Uh, and so since there is always a gap, or a, ga- a gap or gap, so, sort of a gap. hole. Yeah, a gaping a hole. hole. Yes, a gaping hole in the human's heart for him to give reverence to God. Okay, the, it's it's deep ingrained in the human heart to seek to worship God. And so, when man doesn't worship God, guess what? Of course, there's a devil who wants them. It's this has nothing to do with just simply a, a simple physicality of things. Here is what uh, your know, Deuteronomy. Chapter 32 says, um, so you can sort of read read that with me. I'm going to read uh, you know, just simply a couple of verses there. Um, I, I, when you read, you know, it's the song of Moses, and Moses is laying out exactly what happened uh, as, as the children of Israel, you know, was were gotten out of the Egypt, out of Egypt, and whatever else. If you start uh, uh, chapter 32. Uh, but chapter 31 from verse 30, all Israel were gathered together and Moses sang this whole song for them. Skies, listen, and I will speak earth here. The words of my mouth, my teaching will come like the rain, like a mist uh, falling to the ground, like a gentle rain on the soft grass, like a rain on the green plant. Praise God as I speak the Lord's name. The Lord is the rock. Is perfect. His work is perfect. So he goes on through, and he started to go. When you get to verse fifteen, but Jeshuram became fat and kicked like a bull. Yes, you people were fed well and became full and fat. They left God who made them. They ran away from the rock who saved them. They made him jealous by worshiping other gods. Mm. They made him angry with uh, those disgusting idols. That's how he dis- described them. Disgusting idols. You know, if you will, unclean, disgusting. They offered sacrifices to demons. Gods that are not God. Mm. You see? So, these were new gods they had not known before. Gods their ancestors never knew. So they went and started to worship demons. This is where, you know, what is called, uh, you know, the, the, worship, the, 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 the worship of demons. Uh, demonolatry comes from. Idolatry, demonolatry uh, is, is the terminology for the worship of anything else that is not God. Okay. This is very serious. Any worship of anything else that is not the God who created the heavens and the earth is the worship of it. There's a demon attached to that which is being symbolized there. Mm-hmm. 
This is why even Jesus called money mammon. You know? He say, I'm not saying here money is bad. Don't get me wrong. There is a spirit attached to the love of, of money. money, the yeah. greed, the pursuit, the worship of it. Mm. And so, you know, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to that because you, you said you want to see what is the modern version of, of this. So I'm going to get to, to, to that in a moment. So let's remember the first one, which is, we, I'm going to read it to you in Hebrew. Lo yielecha Elohim akehim. Which means they shall not be to you the God of orders. I was, you know, I was saying earlier on, those, those online uh, during, in the meantime, I was making commentary uh, to say that what the Lord means here is you have lived in the midst of people who had all sorts of gods and you have come out of those people. This is why he took him out. Yes. I've taken you out of those people mm. so that you will be separate. You don't go back and worship what they worship. You will be surrounded by the Canaanite. You'll be surrounded by the Philistines, people from all sorts of tribes. And you will not take their idols, their demons, these fallen angels. I mean, lesser beings, if you will. And you will not turn to, uh, turn to them and make of them the object of worship. Yeah. But I guess what happened as, as soon as they get out of Egypt. When Moses actually showed up there yeah, and God has spoken in thunder mm. and then as he goes to the mountain, guess what? Mm. They want to make a representation of an idol to worship. Yeah. Which is the reason why Moses came back and smashed. Now we're thinking about them, whether we're not them. They're, you know, all right, no. You just don't fully understand that, do you? <laughs> After all that happened in Egypt and all the stuff that went on and, and the Red Sea and everything else, this yes. is what they do. You just go, really? What's <laughs> going on with you lot? Yeah. Mm. So the second part is do not make an idol, which is lo taselecha fezel. So you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Now, the, 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 the word here, the word here, Fesel or Pesel, is often translated graven image, but it refers to any three-dimensional, regardless of how it may be produced, that is meant to represent the divine. So, and, and when you look at it, like, the making of any image, human idolization, as represented by a statue, like it was in the days of Pharaoh or Caesar or something like that, that now you have to bow to, such idols shall not be made. You see, when they told, uh, they told Aaron, all the other tribes have got something that you can put in front of them and to, wow, to bow to. We want an image. And for some reason, make us a calf. You know, mm -hmm. a, you know a, a <laughs> and so that's the second part there, which goes uh, that you shall not make an image even if that image of something in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. Do you know why this is written that way? Because the worship of heavenly bodies used to be very common. Mm -hmm. It was common with the Canaanite. It was common with the Greeks. You know, the, the, sun, the, moon, the moon was was a god. The sun was a god. I mean, think of, of our weekdays, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, these days, Sunday, Sunday, okay? Mm -hmm. So, Saturn, Saturday, you know, you get all these, these names were attached to the worship of God. Uh, and so, the making of the image, it is quite interesting when you read this entire book, the Pentateuch, which is that, that you know, the, the, the Torah, he is, it's got a, a certain flaw. When you notice the writing of Moses in the book of Genesis, 
most scholars recognize that it was a polemic against all the other gods. This is why all the moon, the sun, and so were created by God. Yeah. He made the great light. He made the moon, the sun. And why to say that these things are not God, only him is mm. God because he created them. So yeah. you shouldn't worship and you should not serve these things. So what is it to serve them? To serve them is to pro, you know, prostrating yourself before an idol. Uh, it is a, an act of reverence, an act of uh, adoration. And so you shall not prostrate before yourself. You shall not offer sacrifice, offering sacrifice to these things. And you shall not eat before these things. In the old days, if you read, many of us read today, we don't realize that when uh, the Jerusalem council uh, was was gathered to try to say, what should the Gentiles do not do? He said, don't eat food offered to idols. We, we, we don't understand that, do we? Like, okay, because the worship included eating. Because eating itself, fattening up, was a worship of God. Mm. And we have a big problem with that today. Nobody want to talk about it, but actually, we have a huge adoration and worship of food. Huge. Mm. Some worship coffees. Uh, some wor- <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you having a dig? So, no, not dig, not dig at you, but you know, uh, this, is, uh, this is serious. I, yeah, oh, I know. Here when people are talking about food, and look, look at us. As a, I'll get to that in a moment. So, <laughs> you know, drinking before idols. Mm. I'm going to bring that here in a, in a modern context, and you will see that we are not really far off. So let's take that, uh, now, now that I've made those points, let me uh, go back and let's take a dig at that. Mm-hmm. So, you see, as I was saying uh, in um, N.T. Wright's book, uh, he said that they were, these gods that were worshipped. So, you, for example, uh, you know, to worship the God, this, the God was like to emulate them until their character become like ours. This is why the worship of the goddess of fertility and sexuality was always performed in sexual acts. Yeah. All right? So this big, massive, you know, uh, you know, celebration that was, you know, unbound sexual thing. And that was the celebration of the God. So that, because this was the God of sexuality. So you, you, you rejoice in the character of the gods. So the God, like the God of war, Mars was the God of war, as I said earlier. So, it was the sacrifice that had to be presented to a god of war is the sacrifice of war. It was not only how much blood was shed through the wars and the conflicts, and also the capturing of the gods of all the other tribes that were subdued and bringing it to the winners. Mm. Now, we're not very far from that. Can I shock you? The Western world has actually been known as the producer of some of the greatest wars we've had, regardless of the justifications, just war theories. But in wars, there's all sorts of sacrifice. We call them today, you know, collateral damage, if Mm -hmm. you will. Okay, Blood is shed. I can tell you, the Lord says that no one who shed blood, you know, when blood is shed, you you see, when Eber was was killed, Mm. God said to Cain, the blood of your brother is crying out. Blood is the life of the human beings. Mm. So because every creature's life is in the blood. And when blood is shared, is shed, the blood will cry out. So the God of war was this God that lasts for blood. 
In fact, many of the curses and many of covenants that is made that attract the demons love blood. You know, people sort of make a covenant and they cut the blood and they sort of ah, yes. mixing bloods. Yep. Mm. Yeah, if anybody who's ever interacted with the with the with the ministry of deliverance would would sort of understand what I'm talking about here. And so people have made a kind of covenant. Blood uh cry out. Innocent blood when it's, it doesn't matter, you call it it's collateral damage. You know, war we, Look how war thirsty we are. It it shows you that there's still a demon of war that, you know, everybody knows that these days, you know, the super, superpowers last for war. You know, there's an entire industry military complex that that is sort of last, you know, they, they've got a last for blood. And, and so we're not that far. Think about it. the second thing is, as I was saying, the worshiping of these God demanded sacrifices. And often it was human sacrifice. This is why even the goddess of fertilities, uh, including Moloch, for example, demanded human sacrifice. Mm. And at the time, it was a sacrifice of children. You know, if you're going to have unbound sexual interactions, guess the consequence? One of the purpose of sexuality is the propagation of the human race. Mm. And so if you're doing sexuality according to God's ways, number one, sexuality is worship. Sexuality is the highest act that could have been done within the universe because it represents the worship of God between God and his people, Ezekiel chapter 16. So it should not be taken lightly. It's not a matter of I feel like it or I choose it. It is that this is an act that honors God to the highest level. Mm. And therefore, God defines how that should be done. And mm. it's between a man and a woman, right? Yeah. So if you're going to, like the Romans or the Greek, you want to have unbound, unlimited sexual pleasures. Now, the second purpose of sexuality, that's why it's between men and women, is that children are born between that, that union. Yeah. And children are the image of God within the interaction between the men and women. The three parts of the human are come into being at that moment. Spirit, soul, and body. This is not just simply a little piece of limbs that you're sort of, you know, cutting off you know, when you're performing abortion. This is basically a spirit, a soul, and a body all in one coming at that moment of conception. So in that sense, if you're going to enjoy sexuality, guess what? You have to pervert the second purpose for which you know, God made this union, this basically holy union, which is the coming of children in the world. So what are you going to do? Of course, you create an industry that basically sucks all the human sacrifice it can get to celebrate the God of fertility, right? Mm -hmm. So it gives you, you know, it's a God of sexuality. It gives you pleasures. They call him a God's fertility because you bring these kids that have been conceived by the sexual act back to him. That's what it was done for Moloch. Uh, it was done for Aphrodite. Yeah, right. You see? So he can consume the sacrifice of your pleasure. You see what I mean? Mm. Are we Western people far away from that? Victoria is, for example, the state within which we live is the state that has got the most, the most radical abortion laws you ever find. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. And guess what? We are implementing right now every you know, sort of sexual freedom unbound and codified in our laws as far as we can get. Yes. As radical as we can get, and Victoria is leading the charge. Mm. And to the point where if you ever dare to speak about the divine God-set way of within God's commandment, I'll talk about it instead of committing, not commit adultery, we talk about this. So um, when you look at it, 
if you dare say anything that is godly in that space, you shall be jailed. Well, and cancelled and everything else. Yeah. And so here you are. We have this modern God. How about the God of money? So we looked at the God of war, the God of sex, and the God of money. Mm. And the last one would be the God of power. War, uh, sex, money, and power. These are the four major gods that have always typified the pantheon of all gods. All the other minor gods fit in these four fit categories. In those categories. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have another look at that. Here's Stephen Holland with I Know. When I had no chance, you gave me hope Despite my circumstance, you gave me peace When I was on my knees, desperately Searching, searching for an answer To heal my broken heart To take away all my scars Cause I know that you Love me too. 
Oh, amen to that. Praise Jesus. <laughs> You're in control. Sometimes some of the lyrics of these songs are, are just so spot on, aren't they? Yeah. You, you, have, you have to know yes. um, because uh, everything else is quicksand then, isn't it? Yes. If we're not standing on the rock yep. of, of God, what he has commanded us to do yes. um, and who he is, uh, then, yeah, we're lost. Yeah. And so when you look at, Alita, when you look at, you know, we may think we're sophisticated. We may think that we have apples and iPad and iMed and I don't know, whatever I we do have. You know, we've got all the, you know, um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. You know, we think we're very, very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But from the moral, from a moral point of view, there are only two choices here. There is God and there is the chief enemy of God, and that's the devil. Yep. So somebody must get their moral standpoint from some place. If it is not from God, the creator and the maker of all things, it is from demons. And that's it. Yep. It is from Satan. It's like you're replaying exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden, where God had given them a commandment. Hey, you shall not touch this tree here. I am the Lord. Right? That's it. Yeah. I'm your father. And I'm giving you the choice so that you may not say that I have forced you to anything. You've got the choice here, but trust me and don't trust anyone else. That's it. Which is what the first commandment says. I am the Lord. So trust me. It's actually called the commandment of Emona, the commandment of trust, the commandment of faith, that first commandment. And from it fo fl flows. Follows everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, but you see, people go and find, I was, I was talking about, in our modern context today. So you've got, you know, the, the God of, of war. Uh, you've got the God of uh, um, sexuality, Aphrodite. You've got Mars. You've got Aphrodite. We, we may not call them Mars right now. Yeah. But we can see the characteristics. Mm. It hasn't changed. There is no day that goes on without there being a war somewhere. Mm. I would even say, I mean, one of the, uh, you know, American administration that didn't seem to engage in a new war was the past administration before Joe Biden, which is Trump administration. But is, is that true that there was no war going on? Well, no, there was a killing going on, mm. right? Yeah. We saw them dancing over, we, you know, uh, you know, Kasim, who was the, uh, one of the influential men in Iran. We, we killed him, you know, and people celebrating like, you know, the war was still going on, there was still a killing going on. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the military and industrial, industrial complex is still going on. Right now, the military industrial complex is making quite some money because there is a war going on in Ukraine and they're funneling all sorts of weaponry uh, to the Ukrainian right now. So the, the war is still happening. And so you look at the, 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 the God of sex. I mean, this has been since the sexual revolution. Look at where we are. Mm. Look at where we are. Uh, just It's become such a God. It's like a sacred cow within our culture today. Just dare and speak against the God of sexuality in our culture today if you're a Christian. And see what happens. Mm. Then the God of mammon. We pursue it. With, we, m money is the big item right here, right there in the big elephant in the room. Whether it is in a church or it is the Christians who come, just see how do you know something is a God? You see, uh, there is a simple principle. The thing that commands your ultimate reverence, your ultimate attention, your ultimate devotion, 
Now you may say, well, I'm not that devoted to, okay, well, how do you know that that thing commend you ultimate devotion is when there is a conflict between that and something else. When, when there is comp competition of devotion between God and your finance, what goes first? I'll give you an example how we can turn nearly anything into God right now. For example, parents can turn their children into God. Yes. If the need of my children and the need or the demand or the attention that God requires of me are in, in uh, conflict, in conflict, which one comes first? Mm. You know, God, but God will understand. Do you know when God gave Abraham a son? The next test to see whether God, Abraham actually trusted him and loved him, what did God say? You give me your son. Mm. Now, the fact of Abraham saying, well, I know I was desperate. I know that if this is the only way out for me to have a descendant. You don't understand how it is important for people in that world to have somebody to carry their name. So if I give you the son, uh, it means I love you more than the son. Today, it's even just, I like to walk on people's toes now and then. You <laughs> no, know, do you? <laughs> you know, there is Sunday, going to church, yeah. going to celebrate God, hear his word and stuff like that. And, and you know, being able to go, my, my child has got a competition, all this. Got to play soccer, got to play whatever. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yep. And so yep. that is, the, and the last one is the God of power. Mm. On whose altar, any and everything can be sacrificed right now. So as a believer, look at your world. Is Adonai, God. Have you chosen the God of others? It doesn't matter who worships money, who, who drives the most expensive car, who's got the biggest estate in your area. Those who have God have got everything. This pursuit of greed and money. Yeah. And God says, you know, I know what you need and yeah. you will get what you need if you ask me. And, yeah. uh, and that's something we need to remember. And yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it's a good place. Our to world be. runs on all the other subjugation of all the other countries we've subjugated the West was because of the pursuit of money and power and prestige. Yeah, well, we are going. We are going to keep talking about this again next week. So uh, I hope you're all enjoying our uh, unraveling of the um, Ten Commandments. I certainly have been. Um, so next week, if you've got any questions, you can always go to our website. Uh, sorry, our Facebook page. Yes. At A Reasonable Christianity. They can actually go to our website as well. Yes, that's right. We have a website. ArreasonableChristianity.com. Yes. Yeah. And uh, A Reasonable Christianity Facebook or Samuel's Facebook as well. But uh, in the meantime, have a blessed week and uh, we will catch you again next week.